So our sermon series that we are in the midst of right now is called A Mission to Live For, and it comes directly from the Great Commission that Jesus gave the church in Matthew chapter 28. Um, We've been looking at the different parts of this commission and our mission as Dunphy Missionary Church. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at what it meant to meet people where they are. Last week, we looked at how we show them Jesus. Today, we're going to look at how we celebrate with them when they commit their life to Jesus. And then next week, we will round out our entire mission with how we grow together towards spiritual maturity. So if you would, go with me to Matthew chapter 28. And we'll look at this great commission starting at verse 18. In the Pew Bibles, it's on page 1,554. Starting at verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, because of this, therefore, he, te- he says to us, Go! And make disciples of all nations. Go, meet people where they are. Make disciples. We do that by showing them Jesus. In all nations, even in our own backyard, in our community, in our families, we show people Jesus. And then he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. That's our celebration that we're going to look deeper in today. And, he says, don't forget this part, you're not done yet, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And we here at Dunphy say we're going to do that by growing together towards spiritual maturity. And then he leaves us with a promise. And surely, Jesus says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. The Great Commission, our mission for Dunphy Missionary Church. So we're going to look a little bit more at this celebration. And the celebration is baptism within the church. We're going to look at four different things about baptism. First, why is baptism such a big deal? Second, why baptism by immersion? Why do we say people need to be dunked into the water? And then we're going to look at when to baptize. And then we will also consider where to baptize. So you can see that I'm going to be digging a little bit deeper into baptism. Um, There's a lot of scriptures I'm going to be referring to. I won't read them all in detail, and they won't all show up on the screen. I recommend you take a piece of paper and a pencil and write down some of these scriptures. It'll be a great study this week as you go through God's Word on your own. And just be reminded about baptism. So be ready to write down some scriptures. So first thing I wanted to look at is why is baptism such a big deal? 
A person's decision to follow Jesus is a very personal heart issue. But it is not meant to be private. It is a decision that should be celebrated. Here's a scripture you might want to write down. It's not directly to this water baptism thing, but in Luke chapter 15, verse 10, Jesus opens up the heavens. He opens up the heavens for us to see that angels are celebrating over each sinner who repents and begins a relationship with him. There's a celebration in heaven. And likewise, Jesus tells us that we are to celebrate here. And we do that through a commitment in baptism. It's really the third part of this mission to live for. Not only do we go and meet people where they are, not only do we meet people where they are and show them Jesus, but we go and meet people where they are, we show them Jesus, and then we celebrate with them their commitment. We do this through baptism. This is Jesus' command to us in the Great Commission. Go, meet people where they are, make disciples, show them Jesus, and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's the celebration that we must celebrate. Baptism is an outward and a visible sign before the church, the body of Christ, of an inward and spiritual grace occurring at a very personal level for each person. You know, baptism is not just a water thing. It's a Holy Ghost thing. Some people will argue about baptism, and they'll, they'll say, is the purpose of baptism to be baptized by the Holy Spirit? Is that the most important part? And then others will argue and say, well, water baptism is the most important part. It's the objective manifestation of the Holy Spirit's work within the spirit of the believer. Do you need to be baptized by the Holy Spirit? Or do you need to be baptized by water? My answer is yes and both parts are integrally important. Integrally important in baptism, which is instituted by our Lord Jesus himself. Not as a means of salvation um, by, being by being dunked in the water, but as an outward sign of that salvation that we have by faith. Baptism is much like a wedding ceremony. We invite others to come and celebrate with us, to witness our commitment, and to celebrate a cherished personal relationship. It's the next step in the progression of our mission to live for as Jesus lays out for us. Baptism tells the world we are not ashamed of this commitment that we've made 
for Jesus. And we are willing to follow him just as he leads us. After understanding that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and our friends choose life, a relationship with Jesus, we should encourage them to be baptized. Baptism is not a part of any works on this side of heaven. Baptism is simply following the command that Jesus made to us. Baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. It's a very spiritual thing. It's an act that is ordained by God. Baptism is the first way that we demonstrate our willingness to obey God. Jesus left these instructions for his disciples and for our church today. Go make new believers and baptize them. Even Jesus submitted himself to baptism. That's what I read earlier in the Gospel of Mark, in the first chapter. (coughs) Excuse me. This is definitely my favorite story of baptism in the Bible. The, The best account of baptism is when our Savior was baptized. Did you hear it? When I was reading it, it said that he went down into the water where John the Baptist was and and John put him under the water. And it said, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were ripped open. Did you pick that up when I read it earlier? The heavens were ripped open. They were torn open. This veil between heaven and earth was opened up. And the Spirit of God descended upon Jesus like a dove. And a voice from heaven, the Father said, This is my Son with whom I'm well pleased. What an awesome thing. I always look for it every time I do baptisms. I'm wondering when I'm going to see that veil ripped open as the person comes up out of water. As the good news of Jesus began to spread after his baptism, disciples continued to be baptized and were baptizing. It was a regular practice in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who accepted his message, the message from Peter on the day of Pentecost, about Jesus, the good news about Jesus, they were baptized. And about 3,000 were added that day. Wow. That's another thing I keep looking for when I do baptism. I'm waiting for the 3,000 to come. And I just get all shriveled up because I'm in the water all day baptizing 3,000 people. Can you imagine? That's another great account of baptism in Scripture. It is a big deal. 
So let's consider how we baptize. We baptize by immersion. It's symbolic of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. I do want to read this scripture to you from Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 to 11. And I think you'll see this picture about how we are connected with Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were, therefore, buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death, like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if you died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has, mis- has mastery over him. The death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. You see, being lowered into the water, down under the water, represents the death and the burial of that sinful person that we used to be. By being under the water, we know that we are dead to sin. We cannot live under the water anymore. It's dark down there. And we're reminded that we cannot exist apart from Jesus. And we just can't wait until the pastor pulls us up out of the water so that we can breathe in that first breath of our new life with Christ. We breathe in that righteousness. We don't like that place of death, being buried and not alive, being all alone under the water. Coming up out of the water represents Jesus giving us a brand new start. And he also promises us eternal life with him. 2 Corinthians 5.17, you might want to write that one down. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, okay, we need to know what therefore is therefore. So if you go looking to the previous verses, we no longer have a worldly point of view. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 6, Ephesians 2, 4 to 6 say, But, why but? We were sinful in our nature and 
making many sinful decisions, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, we need to understand what mercy is. We deserve punishment for our sin. We deserve death, but God is rich in mercy. He has the power to give us our sentence of death, but instead he chooses compassion and forgiveness for us. That's God's mercy. He made us alive in Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. What is grace? A free and unmerited favor of God. It is through his mercy that we're saved and his grace that he saves us through Jesus Christ. And God raised us up with Christ, in verse 6, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. When we are baptized and, and we are brought into fellowship with him, we are seated with him in the heavenly realms. Baptism is a very important part of a, a milestone in every Christian's life. The water itself does not remove any of the, the sin that, to make us clean. But baptism serves as a constant reminder that we now have a clean conscience before God because Jesus cleansed us of our sin. 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 21 and 22 say this, And this water, well, what water is that? You have to look at previous verses. In the days of Noah, when God saved him and his family in the ark, eight in all, through water, this water symbolizes that symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge or the response of a good conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and power in submission to him. This is the resurrection power of Jesus that he also promises in Matthew 28, where he says, Therefore, go, make disciples and baptize. Therefore, is that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him, and we are seated there with him. Because of the spiritual implications of baptism, we fully immerse believers into the water. All the recorded examples of baptism in the Bible describe believers being immersed in water. First, Jesus in Mark chapter 1. Also, John the Baptist always looked for places where there were plenty or where there was plenty of water. In John chapter 3, verse 23, this is why uh, John the Baptist went to 
Enon near Salem because there was plenty of water. And Acts chapter 8, verses 36 to 38. Do you remember the story about Philip baptizing the Ethiopian? This is my second favorite baptism story in the Bible. The angel of the Lord came to Philip and he said, go down that desert road. And Philip said, I want to go to Caesarea and raise a family. But he didn't argue. He went down the desert road in the opposite direction. And the angel of the Lord um, told Philip, you see that chariot that's coming toward you right now? Walk alongside there. And he did, and he heard the Ethiopian eunuch inside the chariot reading from the scriptures of Isaiah. And Philip said, you see, he went to where the Ethiopian was, and then he said, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian said, how could I, unless someone explained it? Do you want to get in the chariot here and explain it to me? And so Philip did that. He got in the chariot, not only met the Ethiopian where he was, but he showed him Jesus. By using the scripture of Isaiah, he shared the good news of Jesus Christ to the Ethiopian. And the Ethiopian was moved, his eyes were open, and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And he said, hey, Philip, look it, there's some water down there. What's stopping you from baptizing me right now? And Philip said, nothing, let's stop and go do that. And so they went down into the water, is what the scripture says. And it says that after Philip put him down in the water and he raised him back up out of the water, Philip was gone. And the Ethiopian looked around. He was all alone. He didn't question it. He was just so excited that he was in relationship with Jesus. He celebrated with great joy his baptism. And Philip found himself about 30 miles away. Just like that. That is awesome, isn't it? That's the power of our God. And Philip didn't question what happened. He just went around and he headed towards Caesarea where he wanted to go in the first place and preached about the good news of Jesus Christ in every town that he came to. Wow. Baptism. Baptism by immersion is important. Let God show his miraculous power to all those who believe. So when do we get baptized? Well, if you've not been baptized since starting a relationship with Jesus in your life, you should start considering it right now. You should consider, when should I be baptized? There is no reason to wait. Here is what we tell our friends, that we meet where they are, and we show them Jesus, and they discover who Jesus is and start their relationship with them, we say, there is a celebration for you right now in heaven. And our Lord commands that you also celebrate here on earth too. We celebrate one's commitment in Christ through water baptism. The question often arises regarding infant baptism. 
there really is no biblical guidance on baptizing an infant. There, there are some examples regarding infant dedication. Even Mary and Joseph took baby Jesus to the temple to be dedicated, but he was not baptized as an infant. The missionary church does not baptize infants, but we do offer an opportunity to dedicate children. We heartily encourage a formal dedication of little children in a public service of the church. And this dedication is not to be confused at all with baptism. I typically dedicate a child with oil, marking them as one set aside for a life with God. It's a public ceremony in the church with the church body because the church is accepting a very important role in that child's life. It's their role to show them Jesus. If you were baptized as an infant in another church, do you still need to be baptized? That depends. First of all, have you ever committed to live in a loving relationship with Jesus? If not, baptism is not your next step. Instead, you need to know who Jesus is. You need someone to show you Jesus and what a relationship with Jesus is like. Anyone here at Dunphy Missionary Church can do that. That's part of our mission, right? Dunphy Missionary Church exists to meet people where they are, show them Jesus. That's a great mission to live for, our commission from Jesus Christ. So first of all, have you ever committed to live in a loving relationship with Jesus And then number two, if you can remember when you committed your life to Jesus, to live with him in a loving relationship and accept what he did for you on the cross, but you have not been baptized since that day, then baptism is your next step. Whether you were baptized as an infant or not, baptism is for those who have understood their need to repent of sin. And for those who have decided to live in a relationship with the way and the truth and the life, Jesus, if you have trusted in Jesus as your Savior, then baptism is for you. Looking back at Acts chapter 2 again, On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon the church, like flames, you could see the Holy Spirit was there with them. And they started speaking in all kinds of tongues, and all the people that were gathered around from any nation or tribe could understand what was being said. The disciples shared the good news of Jesus Christ with everybody. And they said to Peter, Peter, What shall we do? And Peter replied in verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. At Dunfee Missionary Church, we do baptize children when they're old enough. When they're old enough to articulate their own decision to live in a relationship with Jesus. They're examined to ensure that they know what it means for Jesus to be Lord of their life. Do you know what it means? To give all that you are and all that you have to Him. The children need to also understand the meaning of baptism which includes its connection to life and death and resurrection and eternity. It's important to know all these parts before one is baptized and connected with Jesus in every way. So what about where to be baptized? Some things to consider. Consideration number one. Jesus instituted baptism. He was baptized with water. His disciples under the leadership of Jesus baptized others with water. We find that in John chapter 4 verse 2. Jesus commanded us to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So it's a very sacred time. It's not just a thing to do on a whim at a certain age or because everyone else is doing it. So my recommendation is to choose where to be baptized so that you will remember it and it'll be a memorable event for the rest of your life. Consideration number two the church. The body of Christ is involved in baptism. You are being baptized into the body of Christ, into the family, the church. Back when I first started in ministry in Texas, Andrea, our oldest, was six years old, and Dawn had just turned five. And I was preaching about baptism and how important baptism was and what you needed to understand and how you needed to understand that it brings you into membership of the body, the church. Later that day, we went home and, and had lunch and the girls went out in the backyard to play and there, were, there was a bunch of kittens that one of the cats had there in our backyard. And we saw the girls playing with the kittens, and then they went and got a bucket of water, and we saw them getting the kittens all wet. And so I stepped out to make sure everything was okay, and I heard Andrea say, we baptize you into the kitty family, and then she'd grab the next kitten. <laughs> it was really cute, and it was good that she was beginning to understand baptism. That's a very important part of baptism, that we become a part of the body, part of the family 
of God. It can be done in private, like Philip and the Ethiopian, but I prefer to have the whole church involved. Consideration number three, we are to profess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Baptism is a powerful way to profess Jesus as Lord. I love to perform baptisms where the people are. Just like our first part of our mission, meet the people where they are. I love to do baptisms that way. Earlier this year here at Dunphy, I met Dawn and Les here at the church, and we were locked in because of COVID, right? We, we still couldn't just go out and do whatever we wanted to out in public. And they wanted to be baptized, and so we baptized them here in this baptismal. We immersed them in water right here in this church building. And would you believe since 1989 when I started ministering, this was the first time that I baptized someone by immersion in a church building. Thank you, Don and Les. I met them where they were. Let me give you some other ideas. A creek running through the back 40. You meet everybody at the barn. All those that have pickup trucks, you tell the people to get in and you head down the farm road between the rows of corn. And you get back to where the creek is flowing very serene. And the people get out of the trucks and stand along the side of the creek as you go down and get baptized in the flowing water. A backyard swimming pool. What a great place to really connect with the idea that this is a celebration. Nobody get in the water until we're done with this baptism. And then when we're done with this baptism, let's continue to celebrate at the pool. How about a park at an inland lake? Perhaps the boat launch area for your favorite fishing hole. Or off the sand dunes of Lake Michigan. At the sunset. Or in the middle of the day, when the waves come rushing up, and you don't really have to worry about getting someone down very deep before a wave comes rushing right up over the top. Or how about in the barn? Yes, I said the barn. When you meet people where they are, because you're meeting them there to deal with their horses or their livestock, clean up that large watering trough. And you can be baptized right there. No matter where you go. Do you remember the promise that Jesus gave us at the end of the Great Commission? He says, I am with you wherever you go. Invite your neighbors, invite your friends and family and church members. Celebrate their commitment to Jesus. Our friends who give their life to Jesus. So we come to the baptism. We have the crowds around wherever you are. Share the good news of Jesus and baptize those who believe. 
and open up the opportunity for those that are being moved by the Holy Spirit right then and there. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 were added to their, their numbers that day. Some final thoughts on baptism. Perhaps in the past you started living your life in relationship with Jesus and you were baptized and you were on fire for the Lord. You were living a very passionate life with Jesus, but you've stopped. You stopped following Jesus with the same passion that you had at first. Do you need to be rebaptized to renew your commitment with God? Well, I tell you, the Bible teaches three things that we need to do when we get in that state. The first thing you should know is that we all fall short. We all make a mistake. Even after we passionately live in a relationship with Jesus, we fall. So the Bible teaches us to repent. Confess our sins to God and to others. The next thing the Bible teaches us is to ask for help. You might want to read Psalm 51 for some guidance. The psalmist was talking to God and saying, God, I need your help. Or in James chapter 5, verses 19 to 20, it says, Call the elders together and tell them you need their help. The third thing we need to do is commit to change. We need to be committed. Proverbs 28.13 says this, Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Baptism is something we do after salvation to declare our decision to follow Jesus, to be his disciples. If you have already been saved, and you have been baptized, you do not need to be baptized again. However, we need to confess and repent. It's going to happen throughout our entire life as we learn more and more about what it means to follow Jesus, step by step. If you're not sure what your next step is for you, let me know or, or let one of the the elders know, or the church. Let someone of Dunphy Missionary Church know. And we would love to pray with you, to pray with you and help you discover what your next step is. Following Jesus is a lifelong journey. Therefore, we still have a missing part in our mission to live for, right? We went to meet people where they are. We go Meet people where they are. We show them Jesus. We celebrate their commitment. And then Jesus says, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And we say here at Dunfee that that means we are going to grow together towards spiritual maturity. You're not going to want to miss next week to finish off this mission to live for. You can rest assured that whatever next step Jesus is asking you to take, your obedience will lead to
to a greater faith, a greater adventure than anything you could ever imagine. I doubt that Philip imagined he would be taken 30 miles away. We're here to celebrate, to celebrate your commitment and grow together towards spiritual maturity with you. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for calling us to be part of your family. Not only accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but obeying everything you command us, which starts with baptism. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Father, we just pray that you continue to minister to each one of us, teaching us what our next steps are in this great life that you have planned for us. Help us to always discern your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.